Greetings and welcome to the latest edition of the Big D Podcast. On the line from Manhattan, Kansas, is the assistant basketball coach of Drake University, Marty Richter. Marty, uh, what's the temperature there? Uh, low 40s and chilly right now, but it's only 7 o'clock, so it'll probably get down in the 30s tonight. Uh, it'll be cold. It's not that bad. Well, uh, not well. Speaking of warm, uh, how about your Drake uh, Bulldogs last Bulldogs, right? That's correct. Yep. How about your Bulldogs last night against Kansas State, opening your season with a, with an eighty to seventy win? We we had a good night last night. We really competed. Yeah, the the, the guys came out and played hard. They it, it was a it was a back and forth first half, Dylan. We ended up getting a bucket right before half to go up two. They came out of halftime, and they went on a 10-2 run against us. So they took a little bit of a lead. They, they got up 46-40. Um, um, and then we kind of went on a, on a run back, and we kind of we played back and forth all the way to the end of the game. Made some free throws late to kind of ice the game. But they're, they're well – Kansas State's a well-coached team. Coach Weber is probably one – 500 games in his college career. He's won a lot of games. He has a really good team. We just – the ball fell in our basket more last night than theirs, so I'm happy about that. Yeah, looking at the stats from your game, a couple stats that, I, that really show how efficient you guys were. One, you were 15 of 18 shooting free throws, which, as you know, free throw shooting, no matter if it's November or April, often impacts games. You're exactly right. We did a really good job at the foul line. And then I assume the other stat you're looking at is that we had 17 assists, only eight turnovers, which is really good. In an opening night game, with which is really interesting, if you go through college basketball right now in games, teams are turning it over a lot and they're not making free throws. And we did that, and it helps that we're a veteran group. We got an older team, and they did a good job of taking care of the ball and making free throws especially on the road. That's th those are two tough things that you have to do all the time, but not having exhibitions or scrimmages this year, it, it's even more important because you're trying to figure out how to win the games. Yeah. So speaking of exhibition, because of COVID, uh, what was the regular, what was the buildup for this game compared to the regular preseasons that you that you saw the, the the thing that we did, Dylan. So uh, starting, I don't know what today's date, November twenty fifth or twenty sixth, whatever today's date is. So basically, starting the week before Halloween, every Friday or Saturday, we would do a scrimmage ourselves. We do an inner squad scrimmage, which is a little bit different. Like we had five or six of them during that course of time to prepare us for a game because we weren't getting scrimmages outside of um, against opponents. So it was a way for us to simulate games. So we would simulate, we would simulate the day. We'd go through a, a day, you know, the last two scrimmages we did, we went through a day, we went through a shoot around and we came back, we had pregame meal. And then we did, then we did our normal 90-minute warm-up before the game to get the guys used to it. So we were just ready for the game, took timeout, timeouts and halftime just like a normal game. And we practiced that way a little bit too. So we, we did a couple times 
this past week where we did like a 10 minute stoppage of practice to get us ready for the game when you have that at halftime to come out at halftime and be ready to play. Yeah, and it, sh- and it showed because last night a couple of you guys w- went off. I mean, uh, uh, Sturt's got f- double-double. Murphy and him pulling double digits. It seemed like not only did you score, but you guys created balance scoring. There wasn't one guy who scored 20 or 25 points, but several of you guys contributed. You know what? That That's the beauty of our, our group that we have here, Dylan, is that we've got a group that is very connected, and it can be anybody's night. Like we saw it during our scrimmages in our six, seven different scrimmages that we had. We had different leading scores. So, and we've had balanced scoring. And that's what it was. I think we had Roman Penn that had nine points, eight assists. We had DJ Wilkins have six points, five assists. We had Tramel Murphy with 12 points, seven rebounds. We had Shanquan Hempfield with 10 points, four rebounds. We had Garrett Sturts with 15 and 12. And then our three-headed monster at the, at the five, I think combined for, I think, 12 points and like six or seven rebounds, I think it was, with the, the four of them. Darnell Brody and Issa Samaki and um, Nate Ferguson did a really good job at our five. So they did a really good job. And then we had two guys, three guys come off the bench that played very well for us. And Okai Jam, and I can't pronounce his last name. I always mess his last name up. But he came in and hit a three. And then we had Jonah Jackson come off the bench. He made three threes in the first half. And then, and then Joe Yusuf came in and played very well in his minutes as a backup point to Roman Penn. So we had a collective group that was really connected and played well together. And nobody, it, it, it was beautiful to see because nobody worried about their stats. They were worried about winning. And that helped and that showed. Uh, were you surprised that you executed so well, particularly without a normal exhibition season and limited training camp? You know what, the, the, the training camp, that, that's a great question, Dylan, because it, it, it's beautiful that we did execute, but we had no idea. We didn't know what we were going to do, but we knew we had, we had some guys that had played college basketball. We had four guys that played a lot of minutes for us last year. And, and Roman Penn, who's back, who's predicted to be an all-league player again this year. We have DJ Wilkins, who was on the all-freshman team two years ago, that's back. We had Garrett Sturts, who was sixth man of the year, I think, last year, or on that bench team. I can't remember if he got that award or not, but he was back. And we have Jonah Jackson that was a starter that we moved to the bench this year back. And then we, the guys that we added into the roles of playing a lot of minutes in Tramel Murphy and Shanquan, they were off last year, so you didn't know how they were going to respond, but they were both double-figure scorers as juniors, and they both are – 1,200-point scores in their college career. They both have had terrific careers. And then Darnell Brody is a junior, so he's an upperclassman to transfer from Seton Hall, but he hasn't played a lot of minutes. So we didn't know what to expect from those three because they haven't played in a game. And they were rusty at the start. We were rusty at the start, and you couldn't really tell probably when you're watching it, but you could tell from the coach's side, and they got more and more comfortable while the game went on. And – it showed we had a lot of the upper class, the leadership of those guys were really good. 
Yeah, and watching some of these games, I mean, uh, a bunch of the top teams struggled. I mean, Arizona State and Villanova struggled last last time against lesser competition. Even Gonzaga, which might be the best team in the country, struggled against Kansas early of the day. Well, this is what I'll say. It's going to take – you don't have those – you get a two scrimmages or two exhibitions. You don't have them. So it's going to take teams a minute to kind of figure out who they are as a team. And then the other thing on top of that, you, um, your, your practices might've been limited just because of the pandemic going on. You don't know if you've been shut. Like, I don't know what other programs have had, but teams have been shut down for weeks at a time. And so practice has been, unique for a lot of people and you practice a little bit different because you you've tried to not have the the virus come through your program is are your practices more individual based like if one guy comes in shoots for 90 minutes or whatever or do you have or do you spread out the guys like one group over here and one group over on the other side of the court Dylan, you know what we've done is – so we, we kind of – we limit how many people go into the, the locker room to change before they come out to the practice floor. We, so we, we try to prevent the, the, that they're not within the six feet and they're not around each other as much. Then when they come into our practice facility, we've got chairs up. They've got a designated chair in the practice facility where they have their water bottle, their towel. That's where they go. That's where they have their mask. That's, that's their station for practice. So it's a little bit different than normal years because normally you would, you'd, be by the, you'd be by the water fountain, by the entrance of the gym. Now you're spread all, all around. You got your water bottle. You're in your space so we can keep our social distancing during practice at time. We, we prevent we, – we've done five-on-five five and we've done five-on-oh. We've done a normal practice routine but we've limited our time around each other within that practice. We're wearing, um, some programs are wearing Kinex um, devices to track how much time I'm around certain players and certain players around other players. We're all wearing them to help us keep our social distancing and keep track of where we're at during the course of the practice to prevent, you know, what the CDC is saying is that the, the 15 minutes within the six feet, you can knock another person out. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to prevent that as an institution is what we're trying to do. Might, it, might the team that wins the national championship be the one that keeps the social distance the best? It, you know what? That's, that's a really good – hey, it, it, it's a – you've got to have a bubble. And we've talked to our players about this, Dylan, and, and we're not the only – there's 353 Division Ones or 357 Division One programs. I can't remember how many there are exactly off the top of my head. But that is the, the communication skills that we're talking to. Everybody's talking to the team about keeping your bubble, knowing your bubble, keeping it small, not big, so you can prevent issues of a pandemic breakout in your, in your team. And that's been that's been kind of our talk with our team about hey you got to know your bubble you got to keep your bubble small, and we're playing games so you, you got to limit who you're around and, and the biggest 
issue, Dylan, is like myself, I've got four kids. I've got two that are in school. So they go to school and they're around a lot of people. So I'm a person. So when I'm at practice, I keep my distance from the players and I wear a, a mask and a shield in practice. So we can prevent, hey, me possibly, if, if all of a sudden we test three times a week, if all of a sudden I've got the, the virus that I'm not transporting to somebody else. And that's something that we've done at Drake, which has been really good. I mean, knock on wood, we've had a really success, successful rate with that. And it's, it's been good, but we've got to keep our bubble small. And that's what we've done as an as a organization here at, at Drake men's basketball yeah so speaking of games tomorrow you've got a south dakota to finish up your uh, mini tournament in manhattan yeah we do i mean the coyotes man that's where i got my my master's degree from and shoot that's it's been a long time since i think it was 02 or 03 was my last year i can't remember i'm getting so old now but hey we play we play the coyotes usd and they're a really good – they played really hard last night against Colorado. Colorado's a very good – if you, Dylan, you like watching basketball, Colorado's got one of the best point guards out there in the country. Um, in number 25, I'm, I'm trying to – McKinley is his last name. I can't think of his first name, but he is terrific. He is fast. He can score. He can play at different speeds. He's, ter- he's a terrific point guard. He had a really good night against um, – South Dakota last night, but South Dakota competed their butts off last night and played really tough. And they've got, they've got a good team. And I think they're picked third in the, in the, in the summit this year. So it'll be a good test for us. It'll be a good test because it's, it's going to be similar to what we're doing in our conference play. We're playing basically back to back. We're playing set. We're, we're playing Saturday, Sunday. So it's a quick turnaround. So this gets us prepared for that. And, and, and if you make March Madness, this turnaround will be sort of similar to what you see in March. You, you know what? It is very similar. I mean, it's similar to what we, you go through in March Madness. You're, you're exactly right, Dylan. That's the team that can kind of handle being a little fatigued, and you're going to see that this year, especially in a year like this. team that can handle all the outside distractions and not worry about them and handle them inside and and put them on the back burner and get in, in between that court and just play, they're going to be the teams that win a lot of games this year. Yeah, so not not everybody, but I certainly remember when you coached at FTCU and FSW in the Fort Myers area. Well, you know what? Those are those are great years, man. I, I, My family, that's where my first two – my first three kids were all born in Fort Myers. So I, I, that's an unbelievable place. Florida Gulf Coast was terrific to me. I mean, I, I had the opportunity to work there. We, we took over a program that transitioned from Division Two to Division One. We were the first year of Division One. Our, our first kids that we brought on a visit was Brett Comer and Eric McKnight. And I remember it like it's yesterday when I talked to them all the time. And they were special. And the next kid we brought on a visit was Bernard Thompson. And those three – we're kind of that pillars of that program to get it going. And, you know, Christoph Veridal was a kid that was in the program that stayed and played for us, which was a really good player. Chase Feeler, he was a kid that stayed and played for us, had a great four-year career. And Sherwood Brown, 
kid that stayed there and played for us. But one of the kids, there was two kids that I remember that nobody ever talks about. When they talk about Florida Gulf Coast, nobody ever mentions these two kids' names. They were so important to our success in our first year under Coach Enfield and our success in building the program to get to the Sweet 16. And then when Coach Dooley took over, just that success. Ed Rolax was terrific. And people never talk about Ed Rolax, but Ed Rolax was a senior when Bernard and Brett were freshmen. And he kind of showed them what, how you have to act, what you have to do, what you're supposed to do on the road, how you're supposed to prepare. He was, he was instrumental in us in our first year of just kind of being a good leader for the, that group because we were young. And he's a guy that uh, he's a terrific person. He's had a great career after basketball. He's now in the military. He, he's living in Germany. He's a terrific person. And, but he was instrumental in what we kind of got going in our first year. And, you know, that first year we got to the conference finals and we were up on a half on Belmont and Belmont ended up beating us in that game. But like we made a run and we finished that year off strong and that, led us to the Sweet 16 year. And the other kid that nobody ever talks about is Eddie Murray, who's a local kid from Bishop Burrow. And in that first year, he, he came in, when we took over, he scored a combined 11 points in his career before we took over. And I remember like it's yesterday, I think he had about a double-double if I remember right. And you'll be able to look this up after we get off the phone against Loyola and Maryland. He had a terrific game up there. He was a kid that, Started as a junior for us when we took over. And no, I, I'm, I'm mis he came off the bench. Kevin Cantnell, who was a holdover, started. We brought Eddie off the bench, and Eddie was terrific. He had a two year career for us, and he was awesome. And again, in the leadership part of it, like he could be in the locker room and explain stuff to the younger guys. He, he, helped, he helped out McKnight and how you have to handle yourself and what you're supposed to do. And that, in college basketball, that's something people don't talk about. They, they talk about the, 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 the star of the team, but they sometimes forget about the guy that, hey, Ed Rolex was as important to our team as what Brett Comer. Brett Comer scored way more points, way more assists. Brett was an unbelievable player. But people forget how important sometimes those other pieces are when you're building a team and a program. And Ed, I want to make sure, Dylan, that Ed Rolex and Eddie Murray get their love because they, they are two guys that you know this, Dylan, nobody ever talks about, nobody ever mentions, but they were two guys, me as a coach, being around them and being in that, in that, on that team that we took over with Coach Enfield and then we went to the Sweet 16. They were so important on the maturity and the growth of Bernard and Brett as basketball players, they allowed us to be what we were able to do, get to the sweet 16 and win a lot of games that year. And then as juniors and seniors, they, they kept the tradition going, win another conference title. We got upset by Mercer in the conference finals as juniors, but they, they had a four year career that was terrific. And they'll tell you today that Ed Rolex, and Eddie Murray helped them grow up faster and, and mature and taught them, Hey, how you're supposed to act. And that's what upperclassmen do. And, you know, Brett and Bernard did the same thing for Christian Terrell and Zach Johnson. 
who was the next group. And that's why the program kept going and going and going. So I, I, I know I went off on a tangent on those guys, but those guys were terrific. I wanted to make sure I give them love there at FGCU. And those guys were awesome for us. And then my time at FSW, I loved it. I, I was able to build a program that, you know, when I, when I took over in 2015, we had a parking lot. And now you're seeing on national television having Kansas and Gonzaga, the, maybe the best college game of the year, be played in the arena that, you know, that I was a part of helping build a program there. So it, it, it's, it's really special to me. Like seeing the, the, the Buccaneer on the floor of the arena and then it, it makes me smile. That's why I text all my, all my former players that played for me. I text them all today. said, man, you guys watching the game, they're playing in your guys' arena. And it's just a cool thing to see. And it's, it, that place was terrific to me. And the, those, you know, they gave me an opportunity to be my first head coach. And we won a lot of games there. And I had really good kids. And I enjoyed the players. And the players there were terrific. But I love the Fort Myers area. The Fort Myers area was terrific to me. And I, I, I love it. That's a great place to be. And I'm glad you're still there, Dylan, enjoying soaking up the sun. It's probably 80 degrees and sunny today, huh? Uh, yeah, uh, I think I say it was high was 84. I know it was hot doing my 5K this morning. Holy mackerel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, do you run a good 5K? Uh, the, I think like 28. My time was 28.59. Oh, that's good, man. Yeah, I don't know if you any of the basketball it. players could run a 5K that fast. I know you guys train, uh, but you're more sprinters than cross-country you're, runners. You're right about that, Dylan. It's a unique deal. Like, basketball training is so unique. Like, you got to have endurance to go for a long time, but you got to have that quick burst like a sprinter at times, too. It's such a unique game in that aspect. Is it like a mix of football and hockey in a way? Because football players, you're like stop and start, but – Hockey players just go, go, and go. You know what I would compare it to more a little bit? It's kind of like soccer. Like you, you, you're constantly going all the time and you're moving all the time. Soccer field is way bigger. You, you know what I mean? Like it's huge. But that's what you, you, you're like that. You're, it's a free-flowing, great – like soccer is a great sport because it's so fluid. You know what I mean? And – that's what basketball's like. It's just so free flowing and great fluidness to the game. Hockey's like the same thing. Very similar. Like you got to have, you got to have a great burst. You got to be able to go for a long time because that's what college basketball is. Yeah, and just as some teams prove whether well, last time of the day, you might need more than forty minutes. I mean, if St. Joe's and Often could play overtime at FSW. Who's to say one of your games doesn't end in overtime or maybe double overtime? Yeah, there was a game last night. Uh, Georgia Tech, Georgia State went four overtimes. Oh, first game of the year and you go it's 60 probably, Yeah, you go 60 minutes. So you just don't know. And that's – hey, Dylan, that's the beauty of college basketball. Like you just don't know what it, what's going to turn out. You really – you don't, and and that's what makes it fun. Yeah, so before we start, uh, I don't know if you saw all the teams play, but uh, who do you think is the best team on paper right now? Because to me, 
Gonzaga's looking like the best team. I don't know if you would agree with that or not. Uh, you know what? Like, I, I had the opportunity to watch the game today. And I thought those two teams – I don't know everybody. Like, I don't know everybody's team. But I can tell you this much. Those two teams I watched today, those two teams are going to win a lot of games. I don't know who's the best team. I know this much. Gonzaga's really, really good offensively. Um, they can score the ball in multiple ways. And if you can't score a lot of points, it's going to be tough to beat Gonzaga because they can, they can have a lot of different guys score. And that's, that's tough because college basketball, not, a, not every team can score like them. But they're going to play teams that are going to be not as fast-paced and slow it down, and they're good. Like I watched Wisconsin a little bit last night, and they're terrific. And they return – a lot of pieces. I think they returned all five starters and they had a couple really good players that were sitting out, um, joined the team this year. So I think they're very good. The course, team and I, huh? Of course, Virginia, you talk about the teams playing uh, a slow tempo. Oh, well, you know what? But the, this is what, this is what is unique. Everybody, you can win in any different way. Dylan, you know, like you watch Gonzaga and they're going to score a lot of points. Virginia is going to beat you 60 to 56. Florida State's going to beat you because they're going to they're going to defend their tails off and they're going to get easy ones on the other end. They're going to win some nights 60 to 56, some nights they're going to win 80 to 76. And then you watch um who I think Florida State's really good. Going to be really good this year. They're going to surprise a lot of people. I think Iowa's really good this year. They return a lot of their teams, a lot of their players from last year's team and they they Luke Garza, Dylan, you like watching college ball? Oh, Lord. Garza's he's terrific. He's terrific. He, he is terrific. He is – he's like he's your generation, Kevin McHale. He's my generation, Kevin McHale, if that makes any sense. Like when I was growing up as a kid watching the Boston Celtics, Kevin McHale was terrific. Had every fake, every move down low, and then it went to Tim Duncan. And now Luke Garza is terrific down low. And the problem is – Few t more teams don't play with a true low post center, and Garza can take advantage because you just give him the ball, all of a sudden he's scoring down low, or he's getting an offensive rebound and putting back in the hoop. I mean, sometimes with Garza, missed shots are not a bad idea. Garza, he he he's a very very good player. He's fun to watch. Like, I've had the opportunity now being up here in Iowa, being at Drake, where you just kind of catch more Iowa games just because I'm up this way. He's a really good player. He, 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 he's really good. He's fun to watch. He, he's what, like, what I grew up watching when I was a kid. Danny Manning, who was a terrific player. Tim Dun Like, those guys, that's who I kind of watched when I was younger. And that, that's, he's kind of a throwback. 1990s player, Calvert Chaney, Jimmy Jackson, the guys that stayed around for four years, Chris, that just stayed around in college four years, Christian Leitner, that just played four years and were terrific college players. Yeah, it's rare to see a guy stay for three, four years when it, it, you basically it spend five minutes in college and all of a sudden you're in the NBA or the G League. Yeah, it, it, it's, that's, the, that's the unique thing, and that's why I think this year – this year and next year will be unique to see, Dylan, in college basketball because I think their teams are going to be a little bit older. 
than what they have been in the past. And it'll be interesting to see how everything kind of turns out and how teams are. I think the depth of teams are going to be much better because they're going to be older. Instead of being – you're playing a bunch of freshmen and sophomores, you are going to play a lot of freshmen and sophomores. Don't get me wrong. But like our team, we're right now – we've got a bunch of juniors and seniors that are playing, and they're going to be all back because of what the NCAA is allowing this year to be a a free year for these kids and then come back next year and then finish up their their eligibility that way. Ooh, nice. You basically have – Two chances with these cats. Yeah, you do. And, and, and that's what's going to be very interesting. The, the teams across the board, team, the older that you are this year, there's a team in our league who I think is really good, Loyola University. And they've got seven on paper, seven seniors this year. All seven of those seniors will be back next year. And they're coming off a team where they won 21 games last year. And they're a terrific program. They were in the final four three years ago. Really good program. But – they're, they got all these upperclassmen coming back, and they're going to be terrific again next year. And that's going to be across college basketball. That's just not Loyola. I don't know everybody in every other league. But like Loyola, our league, we're, we're an older league as a mid-major league. Our league is going to be an older league next year again because we've got a lot of guys that are old this year. They're going to stay old, and that's good. And it's going to make college basketball really good next year again. Yeah, an old man game will be a better game. So, uh, wish you all the best tomorrow, and uh, good luck to your Bulldogs. Man, thanks. Anything else? Got any other questions, Dylan? <laughs> do you miss? Do you miss the warm sunshine? Oh man, the warm sunshine! I do. I miss the warm sunshine. The, the warm sunshine is, Dylan. This is what I'm gonna tell you. You go outside. And it, the sun will be out here in Iowa. And you, my, my, my son and daughter say, Dad, the sun's out. It's got to be in the 60s or 70s. And it'll be 30 degrees. I'm like, guys, it's cold. Put your winter coat on. Yes, I do. I, I love – hey, let me tell you again, I love Fort Myers. Fort Myers is a great place to us, and I love the warmth. Hey, that, that – you, you take that for – don't ever take it for granted, Dylan, okay? All the times that you got to go through the hurricane and tropical storms, and you're like, man, this is miserable. Well, you know what? You could go through winter storms and blizzards. I choose the tropical storms, okay? Although the good news is Florida really didn't get any hurricanes, unlike Louisiana, Texas, Mississippi. You're exactly right. They didn't this year, did they? No. Hey, what you what did you do for Thanksgiving? What you eat for Thanksgiving? What was your what was your Piece of pie. What did you do? You go apple pie or you go pumpkin pie? Uh, I'm usually a pumpkin of pecan, but uh, we got apple pie this year. Oh man, that's what I we had. We had that at the hotel today. Pumpkin pie. I like apple pie. Apple pie is my pie of choice. All right, are you a, a mashed potato or um, dressing? I'm actually, I'm actually a roll guy. I'm more of a roll. Oh, guy. really? Yeah, okay. I, you know, I needed some bread after the race this morning. <laughs> are you a ham or are you a turkey guy? No, I'm a turkey guy. Okay. I, I'm, I'm more of a turkey lake guy. I mean, for whatever oh, yeah. reason, I love the lakes. Well, you, you got good choice, man. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you had, gave me this opportunity to be on your podcast. 
Enjoy the basketball season. It's going to be a great season this year. It's going to be an interesting season, but it's going to be a fun season, Dylan. Enjoy. Thanks for hopping on the podcast, and we'll see you later. All right. I'll see you, Dylan. Bye.